0: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Leeds, Leeds, Lead podcast, our Leeds United podcast brought to you by Leeds Live and you can tell I've been practicing that once again it's a bit of a tongue twister but um, yes this is Baron Cross, digital sports writer with Leeds Live. Uh, Jamie is off on holiday once again so I'm stepping into the breach as host and and co-host here with with our colleague Craig Jones of Best in Leeds fame. Um, So Craig will... it's obviously the international break, so it's a bit of a dead zone for uh, for news and for anything interesting going on involving the Whites. So uh, we will reflect on the season so far. It's been it's been quite the start to the campaign uh, for Marcelo Bielsa and co. We've also got some very, very good news, um, we're recording on Thursday but, um, but we'll be releasing this on Friday and we can talk about the news which is coming on Friday morning, so we're sort of going into the twilight zone and looking into the future. Sort of breaking embargo but not. We, yeah, absolutely <laughs> right, yeah, we're, we're observing the embargo but, but we're not, if you understand. Um, so and we'll also go into to the international. so uh, a, a few of the players are actually away with their country, so they are getting some minutes under their belts and, and some time on the training pitches. So we'll talk about them and, and where they're playing. And we'll also look back on the on the transfer window. We haven't had an evaluation of the transfer window so far. So we'll look at the arrival of Izzy Brown. We'll look at the last few who, who departed the club going into the final few days of the loan window. And we'll look at the window as a whole uh, and the sort of business that Victor Orta has done and, and and how we think that mm. has sort of finished, if you like. You know, We'll, we'll evaluate that. So um, Craig, if you want to introduce yourself and... Uh yeah, well,
1: this is my third appearance. I'm very happy to be back. As we know, <laughs> Joe is uh, away on international duty. W- where does he represent again?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, w- I wish we could say it was something professional, but now I think he's having some time away at Centre <laughs> Um Yeah, but it's a pleasure to be back.
1: Thank you for having me. Um, Baron, I guess you alluded to it a minute ago. We should probably start with the big news, which is breaking today. Yeah.
0: Um, the double award for Leeds United. Absolutely, yeah. So um, it is our pleasure. I mean, people will have will have would have read it by now, but it's our pleasure to uh, to announce that uh, Marcelo Bielsa and Kamar Roof have both won the Manager of the Month and the Player of the Month awards, respectively, for the Championship. So. We we obviously get the news under an embargo. We get we get given the heads up, which is which makes our lives much easier. We can prepare things. Um, so we got the the nominations through towards the start of the week. Uh, Bielsa was nominated for Manager of the Month and Roof for Player of the Month. Uh, Bielsa, off the top of my head, was up against Pulis, Parkinson, and Mowbray. I, sp- I suppose you can't really argue with it, really. I, I mean, what, what more can the man do?
1: Exactly. If you're top of the table, I mean, it's difficult to argue against that, isn't it? I did it on Pulis, by the way. Obviously. This is my known soft spot for Pulis there. Yeah. But um, on Pulis this morning, I uh, saw someone um, responding to the nominations and made him look like the Messiah. <laughs> <laughs> it was a terrible Photoshop job. And I thought, well, oh, that's quite nice. I mean, poor tone, not quite won, but obviously, I think the else you can't <laughs> argue with that achievement, can you? I mean, a great start. Yeah. And I guess the same respect for a Roof as well. You know, if you, if yeah. you started well, and you're top of the table. I mean, a player should come for them clubs, really.
0: Absolutely, yeah. I, I think um, I think if you're top of the table, I mean, especially in that first month. I mean, I know as the table takes shape, managers will sort of be seen to be overperforming, won't they? So, if in two months' time, the manager of the bottom of the bottom club, you know, is unbeaten in three or four games, and, then there's argument for them to. Yeah, but in that first context, month when everybody's yeah. going from the same starting point, I think you have to say whoever's top. Should win, and I've not looked at the winners for League One and League Two. But I'd be amazed if the managers of the league similar, leaders haven't won as well. So I think it's quite an easy decision, especially with the unbeaten. I suppose, like you say, the argument you would give, especially if, if you were sympathetic to Middlesbrough, is oh, come on, I mean, the, the only thing Pulis hasn't done is score as many goals. I mean, yeah. they've, they've conceded two less, scored five fewer as well. So I, I suppose there is an argument there for, for Pulis. But I guess with BLs as
1: well, you can make the argument that obviously. Adapting to English game as yes, well. That's true. That argument's got to be strong. Yeah. I think. I mean, I, I did um, a piece myself this morning with Danny Mills, where yeah. he actually talked about, you know, how it took us a little bit by surprise because obviously everyone knows he's a great manager with mm-hmm. a great philosophy, but actually he's taken to it like a duck to water. Absolutely. So
0: yeah, I think I think there was a lot of apprehension when we came into the season. You know, I think we we did think. It was a, it was the unknown, wasn't it? Yeah. We had absolutely no idea how this bloke was gonna was gonna cope in this country. He's got an amazing CV. He's 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 won a lot of accolades. He's got a, he's got a lot of fans out there. He is seen as um, you know, a, a father figure to many of the world's finest coaches now. And he came into this this brand new country, this brand new division. It's a very unique division, as as many managers have said in the past. And there was no guarantee he was gonna he was gonna be successful from the start. And when you consider that this is exactly the same side, barring Barry Douglas, which, exactly, yeah. which finished last season so miserably, it, I mean, I, I suppose that's probably what clinches it for him, like you say, Craig. I think that the fact that he has got that level of improvement out of a near identical set of players is remarkable. So, a fantastic achievement for him. I'm, I'm sure for him, in the grand scheme of things, this kind of thing doesn't really mean very much to him. Means, Possibly not.
1: Maybe at the end of the season, it might. Yeah,
0: uh, maybe. Maybe. I think. Um, it's going to be something. He's, he's it's nice. I mean, he'll he'll acknowledge it and he'll, and he'll be thankful for it. But mm. I don't think he's going to dwell on it for too long. I think I think the, the other one for, for Kamar Roof is also it's a huge confidence booster for him. Yeah, uh, he was one of those as I say played last season, didn't quite hit the heights. I mean, he was the club's top goalscorer. So you can't really argue with that. He, he did score more goals than anybody else in a lead shirt last season. But you would you would definitely say that Kamar Roof's career is almost at a, at a crossing point you know you, you look at what he's done so far in the game you look at his age you look at how he was uh, in and out of the Leeds team quite inconsistent in his performances and you did think you know a few a few clubs were sniffing around in the summer from what we understand uh, what, what route was he going to take you know where was he going to go next because you would you would say he's got a lot of unfinished business at Ellen Road, and he's still got a long way to go before he could leave this club feeling satisfied. So to come into this season with the start he's done, especially in that derby away game. I mean, yeah, he, he was unplayable that game, in it? that game. I mean, that second goal was was just unbelievable. And um, Bevan, is it interesting when you think of as you say it's a confidence booster, obviously, but
1: when you think they spent quite big money on Bamford as well? Yeah. To obviously get that acknowledgement for Roof, yeah. and obviously be playing as well—that's yeah. a thing. you probably yeah. thought his, his game time might be. Limited. Yeah,
0: absolutely. I think. Um, I think. Quite rightly, uh, Bielsa favoured those players that had had more of a pre season and had had more minutes with him on the training field than in games. And Bamford obviously arrived quite late in the day. And we the assumption would have been, you know, they'll go with Bamford up top because Roof was so um, inconsistent last season. You'd have thought, let's go with Bamford, the big money centre forward, let's get him in from the start. And, and he's gone with Roof, and Roof's repaid him. And like you say, I think to have. Uh, be able to support to have the fan support and, and to now have the wider league support I mean that the wider league has acknowledged how phenomenal that, that, that August was for Kamar Reef and um, that will do his confidence a world of good and I think he's clearly a confidence player he's the sort of guy that does need that confidence he needs to feel loved mm. um, to get the best out of him and, and long may it continue it's been, it's been a fantastic start to the season I think there would have been an argument for several other Leeds players Well I was going to say as well on
1: the subject of awards um, yeah Pablo Hernandez as yes, well, PFA yeah. P- uh, fans player of the month as well.
0: Yeah, I think he'd have probably been my pick for um for the main award as well. So yeah, so there's obviously this time of this time of the year at the, at the end and start of, of each month there are various awards that come out from various websites mm. and, and bodies, and at the start of the week there was a there's a fan voted award, um, the PFA fans player of the month, um, and Hernandez and Roof were nominated for that in a in a six player shortlist and. A few of the more cynical members of the uh, the Leeds United Twitter fraternity did acknowledge that maybe this was splitting the votes, um, <laughs> dividing loyalties among Leeds fans. Um, it's to ensure that neither of them win, but, but Hernandez has won. So you know, Hernandez won the fan votes. We did a piece earlier in the week. We did some end of term report cards, if you like. You know, there's this quite a nice sort of break in, in in the championship season here to look at that first bank of six games and to sort of give out our grades, if you like. And I looked at Joe Mewis and I's. Um, player ratings for every game this season and Hernandez comes out on top oh, with really? an average Yeah, so he had the, the highest average player rating over that first month so I think it had been quite fair for, for, for us at least to have put Pablo Ford as Leeds' nominee if you like instead of Kamar Roof. Who, who has had a great season but I think there was an argument was made for Saiz, Cooper Hernandez um, but I, I suppose Roof's always going to get the headlines isn't he because of the goals, goals and the assists
1: and I think that's the thing isn't it it's a great position to be in right now to actually have three or four maybe five or six players you can actually pick and say has that been the star performer so far because obviously the defence has been solid as well yeah. and obviously scoring goals so it's, it's nice to sort of think every area of the department is
0: working well at the minute yeah quite right I think um, it is I mean uh, we we yet to see the quotes from from Kamar but I'm sure Kamar will, will talk about this being an award for the team and
1: mm-hmm.
0: he wouldn't be where he was if he wasn't for the team um it, it, the second half of the month for Kamal did, did, did the goals did dry up a little bit. So he, he started brilliantly. Obviously, you know he he got the brace against Derby. Uh, he got the goal against against Rotherham as well. So uh, he, he maybe didn't quite finish the month as 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 strongly as he wanted to. But you know he's got the award now. We can move on with this. Um, I think that's the the first player to win a Player of the Month uh, with a lead shirt on in the Championship since Chris Wood in January 2017. It's a fair while then. Yeah, uh, and even longer for the, for the Manager of the Month award. Uh, I mean, Bielsa's the first since off the top of my head December 2010. Simon Grayson oh. went five matches unbeaten in December 2010. So I mean that that really does stand. I mean that's nearly eight years it's quite since a Leeds manager. What's been happening at Leeds United? It does. United does yeah, I think well. you're right. Yeah, I think I think that that probably underlines. Period, the tumultuous period that, that the club's been through since then, with with very, I mean, some managers haven't even been there for a month. <laughs> yeah, exactly. To um, to win a manager of the month prize, but um, no fantastic news to to end August, start of September. However, you're looking at it, and we can move forward now and, and and look to maybe win some more awards for September. And as we've alluded to, it's international break. Um, traditionally, they're thinking
1: modern football now, probably a period of time that fans have a bit of apathy for. <laughs> it might have changed obviously with the England performance of the World Cup that's but true, I think yeah. in general I think people just want the clubs to be performing especially after it's so early into the new yeah, season yeah
0: I, I think that's the big problem isn't it I mean you and I love our fantasy football so we, we, we've we got particular soft spots for um, for watching the Premier League very closely and um, it does you know the, the season just gets going there's just a bit of momentum and then it's, and then in, it's killed by, um, by by a two week break so I'm, I know they've got to play them somewhere you just think maybe suppose they don't then want to break up the winter routine do they but, no but you've thought maybe a little bit later in the year but i mean i know I mean, there's, a, there's another one next month isn't there so and um,
1: well, we've got the the new nations league as well obviously <laughs> which i think some people are still struggling to get their head around a little bit
0: i think i'll reserve judgement until i've seen it it's wrong to judge something before it's got going but it does seem like another fad really just to, to make the, the friendly seem a little bit more competitive so a few
1: players in international duty as well? Yeah, of course there is, yeah.
0: So there are some players, and, and it's another mark of, of how good the squad's looking. A few players have been called up. Um, the, the majority, obviously, players that have been called up previously, but um, I'll just run through some of them now. So like I say, we are recording Thursday daytime, and, and this will be out on Friday, so we don't know how a few of them have got on on Thursday night. So uh, Tyler Roberts is with the Wales the 21s uh, They were due to play the Republic of Ireland in Cardiff on Thursday evening. Uh, Pontus I- I'm led to believe is captaining the Sweden team on Thursday evening they're away in Austria uh, Alioski is playing for Macedonia um, so they are away at Gibraltar on Thursday evening so you thought that should be quite straightforward win for Macedonia and then Will Huffer and Tom Pearce are with the under England under 20s and they are playing Switzerland on Thursday evening so um, knowing our look three of them have probably been sent <laughs> off and it's probably been a hat-trick with <laughs> Tyler Roberts uh, but um, and all they, injured, w- obviously. we can't see into the future so we, we don't know how they've got on uh, aside from those names uh, Connor Shaughnessy is with the Republic of Ireland under 21s uh, Mateusz Klick is with Poland and they will play on Friday evening and that's going to be quite a big one for, for Mateusz Klick I think off the top of my head I think it's exactly and I mean exactly four years so that would have been September 7th 2014 since his last Poland cap so um, a nice moment for Cliff. I mean he's, he's been one of those performers who, who has just seen huge improvement under Bielsa I mm. mean he really has been one of the stories of the season so far so it's fantastic for him that he's had this recognition you know as we know Poland they've got some pretty decent names in that yeah, squad exactly. playing on the, side squad, the likes yeah. of, of Lewandowski and, and Fabianski um, and then the final two according to the League United website uh, Bailey Peacock Farrell and Stuart Dallas they're with the Northern Ireland senior squad Interesting to see their, their first games on Saturday, and I'm quite interested to see what they do with Bailey because he's clearly now a undisputed number one at the Championships leading club. Mm. Um, and he hasn't been that first choice national goalkeeper for Northern Ireland. Michael McGovern, who is Norwich City's backup goalkeeper to Tim Krull, has been favoured. Uh, and I can understand why back in the last season, Bailey was somebody who, who was new on the scene with yeah, the exactly. from March onwards. But if I was him, I'd be a bit you know, upset. If, if he didn't get this, the start on Saturday. And as
1: you say, when you're performing in a team that's doing so well, yeah. you're getting that experience under your belt, this could be the opportunity for the change on the guard, I guess.
0: Absolutely, well, I mean, un- unless you've got a, a Northern Ireland goalkeeper playing regularly in the Premier yeah. League, Bailey should be number one. I mean, he, he's playing most regularly for the, sort of the best-performing club, if you like. I'd agree,
1: particularly when it's to a backup as well. You, yeah. you know, if, if it was a situation, he's not even playing for Norwich. That's the thing. If it was a situation where you have a settled team and the players are all yeah. playing because their club's fair enough, but if it's a backup, I mean, this should be the opportunity yeah. to bring you in.
0: Quite right. So hopefully, we'll have Dallas and Peacock Farrell playing in those Northern Ireland games. Uh, there are a few of the kids that have been called up to uh, the, the mysterious Arpo Harm, who finally made his first start for the Twenty Three. So he was somebody who was signed in January before our time, Craig. He was um, He's quite a highly rated young Finnish defender, but um, he was one of those who was signed and we never saw him. We're led to believe it was injuries, he went out and did loan spells, I, I believe. Um, but then he's finally surfaced in this new season, so he's with the under-23s mainly and he had his first start at Cardiff on Monday. So he's been called up for the Finland under-21s, which is not to be sniffed at. Uh, Alfie McCalmont who's also in the 23s, he's been called up to the Northern Ireland's in the 19s. And Kuhn Temenuskov, who is has seen as one of the bright lights of the future he he, he was at Barcelona's La Masia so um, he's really highly decent pedigree then obviously very much so and with a name like Kuhn <laughs> reminds us of, uh, of, uh, of Aguero at City yeah. so uh, he's with Bulgaria's under-19s so there's, there's, a, there's a fair few players there to keep an eye on but as you said Craig I think most Leeds fans unless there are some serious injuries they're not going to be too bothered no it's just
1: getting through it isn't it getting the players back ahead of next weekend and yeah. before we move to um, the preview of the Millwall game Baron Obviously, talk to me about last weekend against yes, Middlesbrough, a, a massive game in the Championship. It might be a massive game come the end of the season as well. Uh, first versus second. What was the atmosphere like and what did you make of the result?
0: It was fantastic. It, it really was a, it was a brilliant, brilliant game. Um, I think, yeah, I, I've, there was an argument among some members of the press back that it was the sort of game they, it was a bit sad that it had come so early, but I, I think quite agree with that. I think at whichever stage of the season, the top two clash is going to be mouth-watering. You know, if you'd have said, "Oh, this is too early in the season for for this clash between Middlesbrough and and Leeds United," well, if you hold it back for February or March, there's a chance neither of them are going to be in the top six, yeah, exactly. and it's not going to mean as much. So I think, you know, you you play the fixtures as they are decided by the computer, and as it so turns out, this was two sides unbeaten in the first five games of the season facing off, and it w- it was brilliant i mean for for a nil-nil, it was actually quite entertaining very was, different was really styles of football well, obviously <laughs> yeah it was well documented wasn't it it was Bielsa ball versus Pulis ball um you know what you get with Tony Pulis you know if, if 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 you're listening and you've watched english football for any degree of time you will know all about Tony Pulis he spent the majority of his managerial career at the elite level yeah. um this is this was, this was amazingly. I, I read the the third or the fourth time he's been at Anfield in his entire career, which, 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 which shows, shows where a lot, he's been, doesn't it? How long he's been in the Premier League with um, with Stoke Palace and West Brom, yeah. off my head. So yeah, he you know what you're going to get from Pulis They've clearly started the season brilliantly. They are unbeaten for a reason. Uh, after the Leeds game, uh, when you add up all the time it's been since they've conceded, it's more than eight hours.
1: Which is it? Typical Pulis, isn't it? The foundations there, clean
0: sheet, and then we'll try and get a goal. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, can, can you imagine playing on a football pitch for eight hours straight and not <laughs> conceding? I mean, it's an amazingly well-drilled unit. They haven't conceded since the first half of the opening day of the season at Merewal. So, uh, so we knew what we were going to get with, with with Middlesbrough. I think you would have to say that Leeds had more of the ball mm. than Middlesbrough, but I think you'd be, it'd be it'd be unfair to say they did more with it. Yeah, Darren Randolph. Um, Really wasn't tested very much at all. I would I would have to say, you know, he asked Bielsa about that afterwards, and Bielsa was um, typically fair in his analysis. You know, he said that he did feel as though Leeds were a better team, but, um, but he did feel uh, nil nil was a fair result. Mm. Uh, he thinks that they didn't test the goalkeeper enough, and he thinks you know he's got this very holistic approach. You know, he, he looks at it and thinks, right, well, we, we haven't beaten Middlesbrough today, but that is a lesson for us. You know, I suppose it's this win or learn mentality. They've come away with a draw, but they'll learn from it. And yeah. Bielsa, as we've already alluded to, is very, very new to this game. He's very, very new to facing purest sides in this kind of atmosphere in England. Exactly. On a Friday night under the lights. So I, th- I, th- I think he will learn a lot, and ben, a lot from th- it. I
1: was going to say as well, do you think, obviously very early in the season, do you think we've seen potentially first and second in the table? I
0: think it's too early to say, I think. I, I think it'd be lo- we'd love to say that wouldn't we mm. but I think it's too early to say I'm, I'm sure Stoke are going to come good
1: you'd, you'd hope so wouldn't you from their point of view that
0: squad I just don't think even if it, I mean I think Gary Rout was a great manager really. if I was Peter Coates and Peter Coates has got a good reputation for the managers a lot of time, I'd be giving Gary Rout as long as he needs. But you'd have
1: to is his track Surely records change, isn't get it? That right. There.
0: At some point it's gonna click and they're gonna go on a very good long run.
1: I do wonder when you look at Stoke whether it's a case of that because trans- they have spent a lot of money on players obviously. They have, yeah, but yeah and they've they retained a lot of Premier League. And I wonder players. If, if that's the slight problem though whether it's that transition between getting some of the new players in but also yeah. maybe staying loyal to the players that in the past have treated yeah. them well. Not obviously not last season so much, but previously to that.
0: Yeah, and as we're not in camp we don't know how they've responded to the relegation mm. it's all well and good the players sticking around but do they want to stick around
1: exactly and I you mean, have
0: to say Jack Butland did not expect to be playing Championship football this year well
1: there's a point where he might have thought he was going to Chelsea to be fair
0: yeah absolutely yeah, I think, so I think as I say I, I'm, I'm sure you know, I, Stoke will at least make the playoffs. I just, I just cannot believe over a forty-six match season that that quality group of players is not going to come good and go on a run. So I think it's too early to say that Leeds and Middlesbrough can be the top two. But you know, the table never lies, as they say. Five, Five games in, you can; six games in, you can only beat what's in front of you. Well,
1: the only reason I ask is because the um, the much-fabled supercomputer, <laughs> um, as as it has Middlesbrough first and Leeds second in really? the season. Yeah, that's oh, why. That's why I asked off the top of my head. The playoffs, I think. Uh, West Brom, Swansea, Brentford, and it might be Sheffield United, maybe. Really? Yeah, if it, um, that that was what they were saying. But yes, certainly, um, Middlesbrough first, Leeds second. So I thought I'd ask you, given obviously yeah. we had it last week. Uh, it's it's strange these supercomputers. I mean, <laughs> I wonder what the algorithm is. Exactly.
0: Um, yeah, I think you know what you're going to get with Tony Pulis, and I think when Bamford went in, at that stage of the summer, it, there was the impression that Middlesbrough maybe weren't as strong as they were last season, especially in Adama when Adama Truary went. They question there the was ambition, the you, impression bit. That, 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 that they weren't where they wanted to be. Pulis had made sounds quite regularly about not having the squad that he wanted. A lot of money had been badly spent by previous managers. So it did feel as if maybe this wasn't going to be Middlesbrough year. Maybe they could, I mean, Pulis would always manage to get a, pu- a, a playoff spot somehow. Um, but they start the season brilliantly and we have spoke to our colleagues at Teesside Live and they've said that it's been a pleasant surprise mm-hmm. how well Middlesbrough have started. So you, you'd think Middlesbrough will be there or thereabouts. With Leeds, we just don't know, do we? I mean, but every time we ask Bielsa, you know, he points to last season. Look where you were last season. You were top of the table at this stage 12 months ago, and look where you finished. finished yeah. 13th. So the, the guys that covered the club last season, um, our colleagues in the press back, they've said it does feel different. You know, this is these are far more convincing performances the opponents are far stronger you, know, you look at the fixtures and who they've played and who they've taken points off it has been a very very good start they've got
1: some of the big hitters out the way haven't they, they have,
0: yeah they have uh, we, we'll, we'll talk about the fixtures and Millwall um, a little bit later on but um, yeah they've, they've gotten through some very very stern tests so far and you've got to be happy with that
1: And um, Ben you mentioned Pulis looking back at the transfer window whether you yeah. happy or not what do you reckon from Bielsa's perspective do you think it's been a good window
0: yeah, I think he he's very happy. He's never he's never moaned and whinged about it, and we know he is um, capable of doing that. Mm. We, um, I think anybody who's looked at Bielsa's background will will know that he left. He actually left Lazio inside forty-eight <laughs> hours because he hadn't seen enough evidence of progress. I mean, I don't think he's, yeah, I don't think he's expecting you know, players through the door, but clearly, for whatever reason, he wasn't seeing the progress he wanted to see behind behind the scenes at Lazio. So he's a sort of man who doesn't he doesn't stick around if he if if promises are broken but um we uh, he was spoken to ahead of the middlesbrough game um maybe after the, it was before after the middlesbrough all the press conferences um, melt into one but i think it was before after the middlesbrough game and he was asked about izzy brown mm-hmm. who of course was the final addition from chelsea through the door in the window on loan until the end of the season and um, as a whole, he was asking, what, "What did you make of the window?" And, and he said, it, "It was exactly what we wanted." You know, he, he, it made, uh, through translation, of course, it, he, he effectively said it was what we had planned for. So, I think he was suggesting that they were the, the six players that yeah, they, had, they had planned for and, and got. I mean, I, I wouldn't believe it's exactly the six they wanted because they definitely wanted Vidra and they definitely wanted Abel Hernandez. So. I do wonder if Bamford was always their first choice. But, but generally speaking, he's been very, very positive and we have to take him at his word. He yeah, has been course. very, very honest with us. You know, he's, he's not the sort of guy that's been misleading us. He's been very transparent with everything. So I, I would, you'd have to take him at, at face value.
1: And on Brown in particular, you sort of sense, quite a lot of long spells obviously, you sort of sense yeah. that this could be the time that he has, from his part of you, has to knuckle down and mm. get established when he's the first team yeah, player.
0: Yeah, Izzy Brown's an interesting one. Uh, we, he was certainly not somebody that was on the radar um, not somebody that had been written about very much uh, and then he was pictured at Leeds Bradford Airport <laughs> on the 30th I believe the day before deadline day and um, I think when you're pictured at Leeds Bradford Airport with, with Leeds United members of staff filling around it's fairly <laughs> obvious a good what, what's going on so Izzy Brown's come in um, he did his dreaded ACL in January which as yeah. everybody knows is, is one of the worst injuries a footballer can suffer so he did that at Brighton and Hove Albion on loan in January in the Premier League and that loan spell quickly came to an end. Uh, didn't get back into any sort of running for months. Um, hasn't been in, in sort of full, in inverted commas, training until quite late in pre season. So he, he's, I think, he's had two to three weeks with Chelsea mm-hmm. of full contact, full training, you know, trying to build his fitness up. And so Leeds have brought in a a recovering player. You know, it's he, a while isn't he's not played any football since January. So, um, the, the public sort of briefing from the club has been that you know he is a rehabilitating player the club will not pay a penny to Chelsea until he starts playing so they're not sort of paying for a, they're not paying for a player's recovery if you like yeah. he's not coming and he's not a drain on resources without playing so they have said that they're looking end of this month start of next month at the very earliest before you can expect to see him even on the bench so. I don't think they're expecting to have really hit his stride properly until the end of the year, maybe mm-hmm. turn of the year for the for the back end of the season, perhaps. We're well, led to believe he's he's p- predominantly used as a number ten, so he's going to be a backup to Samuel Saez. So Saez, of course, is the undisputed first choice at the moment. He has had a brilliant start to the season. Even if Izzy Brown came in fully fit, he'd be on the bench and wait yeah. his chance. So there's there's no huge miss at the moment. I think it's extra depth,
1: I guess, isn't it? That's the potential. I
0: think if and when Saez needs a rest or has a suspension or has an injury and Izzy Brown isn't ready, questions will be asked by the fans as they always are. You know, why have we brought in a player who yeah. isn't ready to hit the ground running? So there's there's a there's a degree of a gamble there. I know they're not paying for him but it's, it's a it's a it's a player spot. Yeah. You know, it's it, it's a spot that could maybe could have gone to a fully fit player. I mean, we don't know the terms of the loan deal, but I'm sure Chelsea maybe gave Lee to a slightly better deal than they might have got elsewhere, have given, you. given the injury and the severity of it. So, um, we'll wait and see. Um, we've, we've spoken again to our colleagues at, um, at the Examiner in Huddersfield who, who followed him closely with Huddersfield in the 16 17 season, the year that Huddersfield got promoted. And he arrived at, um, at the John Smiths um, in the January transfer window of 2017. And he finished that second half of the season with Huddersfield. I think he got five goals finished the season really really well and earned a lot of rave reviews and I think Huddersfield were quite sad not to see him return on loan.
1: Do you, do you think the Huddersfield-Leeds thing could be an issue or should we <laughs> pass sure, that? I'm sure it won't be.
0: I think he, he did score uh, in the Leeds-Huddersfield game at their place in January.
1: Was that the one where it all went off?
0: And he did, he did, he did celebrate uh, in front of the Leeds fans, you know, he, he did the hushed lips and then he did get involved with Pontus on the touchline <laughs> when Wagner when and Monk went at him which I suppose is, is something the Leeds fans will like and they want to see a play with a bit of needle yeah, exactly. and if a lad of his height can stand up to Pontus then there's got to be something about him but yeah, I, I think I, I think clearly the lad's got pedigree, there's been a lot of very favourable things said about him in the past as a, as a kid growing up coming through coming through Chelsea's system I think Jose Mourinho is, is, is famous for saying that um, if Izzy Brown doesn't play for England whilst he's managing Chelsea, he'll have failed as a manager, which, you know, as we all well know, Jose doesn't say things lightly. Yeah. So it's big words. Reading's that what you will. I think I think he's got a lot about him. Obviously he's unfortunate to have had such a severe injury. But um he's got a good championship pedigree and providing he gets fit, Leeds should have a good player on their hands there and and, and, a, and another vital um Sort of string to their bow, if you like, a bit mm. more strength in depth. Because as we saw in the Preston game, there is a, an underbelly there at the lead squad that does need to be worked on. Um, and Bielsa's dilemma is how is he going to get minutes into the legs of these players who aren't in favour?
1: Yeah, when you've got a consistent first 11, that is a problem, isn't it? It is a
0: problem. And I'm sure that Patrick Bamford, Jack Harrison, Tom Pearce, Lewis Baker, they're all better than what they showed in that Preston game. But yeah. at some point, they need to get some solid minutes in their legs. and I don't believe you can get that with 20 minute cameos from the bench. I mean, and, and 20 minutes is generous. I mean, on Friday night against Middlesbrough, it was 0 0 and Bielsa didn't make his first sub until the eighty-ninth minute. I mean, this guy is throwing of the first people off with half an hour to go. I mean, he did put Lewis Baker on inside half an hour against Swansea because Phillips was on a yellow card. So he's not afraid of making early subs. He made changes at half time in that game. But. Um, but, yeah, I, I just I just don't think he's the sort of bloke that's going to throw on Tom Pearce in the 70th minute just to get some minutes just in his coach, legs. Yeah. So, I wouldn't be surprised. Pearce, especially whilst he's still young, I'm sure will play for the 23s. I think Bielsa's on the record as saying that. But um, it would be a surprise to see the likes of Bamford, Baker, and Harrison playing for the 23s. I think that would yeah, be exactly, quite, yeah. especially if they hurt themselves. So, you know, this is what Bielsa's paid for. You know, he's paid to ensure these players are ready to play when they're called upon. So we'll wait and see. Um, in terms of the window as a whole, just just briefly, I think you've got to be fairly happy. They've got a lot of players out of the door. A lot of players. I mean, more than 20-odd more than in total. Uh, I think Joe and I added up, and I think it's 17 or 18 players who... Left the club that were under contract at the end of last season, so that's not including Lasaga and Pennington who mm-hmm. returned to their parent clubs. Um, and the players they brought in, you know, we, we haven't seen much of them, have we? Apart from Barry well, Douglas, we can't really pass comment really. Well,
1: I was going to ask you who had been the star performer, I guess it has to be Douglas really. It has to it? be,
0: yeah, because he's the one they had most minutes. Like I say, I'm sure Bamford did make a degree of an impact from the bench at Swansea, uh, set up Hernandez for the, for the, the second goal. But it's hard to judge. Jack Harrison got his first start he's his borough, yeah, did exactly. OK, but you know, you're always going to prefer Pablo Hernandez.
1: And Ben, just um, on the window, I guess, fine. that you mentioned the players going, I think most fans would be happy with the players that have left yes. more than not, but um, is there anyone you think they might have tried a bit harder to keep potentially?
0: No, I don't think so. I think they've done very, really well. I think Bielsa came in. It was, it was clear before Bielsa arrived that the squad was too big. Mm. A lot of players in there picking up salaries on long contracts that simply weren't playing and weren't delivering some players that may well come good in the future you look at people like J. roy grott they could quite easily come back in and in a couple of years be some of the best players in in, in the division um but no i think i think the vast majority fans would have been quite accepting of um obviously a few of them went that were away last year out on loan um, they've now gone away permanently um, there were a few who were out of favor who have been shipped out on loan deals uh, where possible people like union O'Kane played quite a lot last year but clearly just wasn't high enough in the pecking order. Yeah, you know, Bielsa's lines. been again been very, very honest about it. He, he, he doesn't want to waste players' time. I think that's the way he sees it. You know, he's not trying to be rude, he's not trying to be insult them by sending them away, but he doesn't want to waste their time. Careers are short and they need to be playing football.
1: Well that's the thing, he would would you rather play two or three games in a season or go out alone and absolutely. actually have a full season somewhere.
0: And I'm sure that is the question that was put to the likes of Caleb Ekiban, Unan O'Kane, Wasim Boy, Vernon Anita they were the last four who hung around for quite a while and went in the final week of the window and I'm sure they were told you know look you're not playing football this year yeah. do you really want to be sat around playing the odd game for the 23s until January going stale uh, and thankfully all four of them said no to that option so, um, <laughs> so Wasim Boy's gone to PC Zwolle in, in the Netherlands I think that's his third separate loan spell there over the course of his career so Wasim Boy's gone, he was a bit of a mystery man hadn't been talked about on the record at all by anybody but had a squad number last year and was one of those who just hadn't been talked about then Anita's gone back to the Nel- Netherlands as well he's playing with Willem too um, I so guess
1: that was a disappointment with Van I
0: suppose yeah I mean he clearly has had a very distinguished career you know he's played at the highest level he came through Ajax's youth system um he's he's got a, a, at least one Dutch cap maybe a little more but you know it's quite hard to get in the Dutch team um so yeah he didn't quite work out I think he's he's had quite a steep decline since leaving Newcastle. Um, so he's gone to two. too. Uh, Union okane has gone to Luton. I'm pretty sure Yuno Kane was hanging out for a, a championship club, and it hasn't happened. Charlton were very, very interested, we're led to believe, but some wage demands allegedly got in the way. So yeah, I, th- I would think last minute he's probably thought, you know, I need to drop need my demands and I need to get some football. And Luton's not a bad club to go to. I think he'll he'll get a lot of game time there. I think they'll build a team around him. And Caleb Ekiban has has gone out to Turkey, Trabzonspor. Um, Phenomenal scenes when he arrived. Yeah, I mean, it was like David Beckham was arriving at the airport. Uh, there was paparazzi. There was fans sort of throwing themselves at his feet. They're certainly passionate. <laughs> yeah, so I, I don't know what sort of player they think they're getting. So <laughs> he's already trolled Galatasaray, which is um, which has impressed Leeds fans, of course. He scored. Uh, he may not have been his debut, but it was one of his earlier games who Traps on sport, and he scored in an unlikely win over the uh, the Turkish giants. They crashed him didn't Was four one? I think yeah. I'm pretty sure it was four one. So Leeds fans will be happy with that. So I mean. Who knows what's gonna happen with these players? I mean, y- y- if you'd have been told last year that Mateusz Click was gonna come back from his loan spell and be one of the best players in the team, you wouldn't have you wouldn't have believed me. So who knows? I mean Caleb Eckyban could come back and be the, the, the best striker in the team next season, but you know, you can't predict the future.
1: Um, and Baron, I guess finally the big one on the horizon, the tasty fixture. Uh Mill. Yeah. yeah. Are you are you all suited and booted in uh, a <laughs> safe the gar- They got <laughs> <man and>, <laughs>
0: I'm quite excited really I've never, I've never done Millwall away and obviously I was one of these kids brought up on a, on a diet of football factory and, um, and, and Green Street so Millwall have got this mythical status of yeah. the day so um, I'm quite excited really I mean from what I'm led to believe they have been Leeds' bogey team for quite a few years I think um, it's, not, it's not a myth that even on the pitch it's a very hostile place to go you know the fans are on top of you and the players don't take any prisoners. And um, from what I'm led to believe, last season this was where the wheels came off. So Thomas Christiansen took his side to Millwall, and they were beaten at Millwall. And um, from then on, they never really recovered. And that 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 title sort of bid just fell away. Well,
1: apparently um, it falls very very similar this year to last year as well. Yeah, it quite, go. quite
0: a similar time. Yeah. So I think um, that will be a proper test of Bielsa. And I I wrote, um I wrote at the start of this week that maybe the Middlesbrough game was, was perfect preparation, you know, a physical team at Middlesbrough and maybe not to the same degree as Millwall, but it's maybe given them an it's almost like an appetizer. It's got them ready for what Millwall's gonna be. So I'm very, very excited about that. That's a little over a week away now. Um and that's gonna be a proper test. And I think if they if they come out of that with a with a draw at least, then people will be very, very happy. I think a defeat there and what fans are like, yeah, exactly. People will start panicking and saying it's, it's deja vu. I'm sure a, a swift win after that will, will, will tie people over, but um, it will be a, a very, very tough game. And um, generally, though, the fixtures I think mainly because the start was so difficult, the fixtures are going to ease off from there on in. You would think,
1: yeah, yeah. It's, um, I think that's the thing you say, Baron, it's, it's an opportunity, isn't it, to go out maybe, particularly the players that are last year, which is obviously the vast majority of them, yeah go out maybe right a few wrongs from last year and hopefully that will keep the season going and build build on it it's
0: a really good point actually Yeah, getting the monkey off their back as such because a lot of players will have got a lot of demons there from last season I think Liam Cooper was on the record at the back end of last season in one of the final press conferences of the season as as acknowledging Millwall was possibly the turning point so there are a few players there that want to go out there and actually prove that they are definitively the best team in this league so that will be interesting and up to now Bielsa's passed every test with with flying colours and you can't argue against that I mean I just think about those games against Stoke um, Derby away and Norwich away they were just unbelievable I mean they absolutely blew Derby and Norwich away and I
1: think from a non-leeds fan perspective when I saw the Derby game it was a a real moment because obviously it started okay and I thought but yeah yeah, you wanted to go in and back up the Stoke yeah to, to go away to Derby you know, especially, Particularly Lampard, with the Lampard thing, yeah. and Derby do spend money, they've got a decent yeah. squad. They're always up there. Yeah, it, it was a real statement, I thought. It's a good place the, to go. The quality of the performance is great.
0: It's unbelievable. I think that remains the highlight of the season for me. I think they were just, everything was brilliant. Everybody was at least an 8 out of 10. So from from Millwall onwards, we've then got Preston back at Ellen Road. So um, <laughs> we only played Preston the other day. So on a, be- on a midweek evening at Ellen Road. Speaking
1: about it few wrongs, I guess.
0: Yeah, I've, I've absolutely right, mate. Yeah, re- another really good point. And, and then after that, we've got Birmingham at Ellen Road. So Gary Monk coming back. I'm <laughs> led to believe Gary Monk's post match press conference with Middlesbrough last season when he came back to Ellen Road was quite icy. So that'll be interesting. And then the week after that, we've got Sheffield Wednesday away. So we've got Yorkshire Derby, that's a lunchtime kickoff. And then we've got uh, Hull City um, on the second, which looks like a, a midweek game. And then Brentford are at Ellen Road for a lunchtime kickoff on the 6th of October, so that's going to be a Sky game. And on the face of it, you think, Brentford at Ellen Road, you know, why is that a Sky game? But Brentford have made a really good start to the season. I mean, that's that's in another six games' time. But you can see why Sky have teed it up, at least. And the quality of football, good. quality football. Yeah, really good football, yeah. So I think Brentford was one of the few wins that Heckenbottom got last year in this fixture. Last season was um, was one of hecky's few wins, so... Again, you know, on paper it looks very winnable, but Brentford are up there for a reason. So we'll we'll see. I think we'll. Look. I mean, that's early October, so that'll be 12, after twelve games, and I think surely even Bielsa's is going to start looking at the season. Twelve games in—that's about a quarter of the way through—and we'll start to be forming some ideas on on what the season may be for Leeds. There's an interesting
1: one just on that because I've been watching the uh, the Manchester City documentary yeah, or nothing, yeah, yeah. and. It's interesting when you see what a manager will say in public, what they say in private, yeah. because um I think come December last year when City were quite clear at the top, yeah, yeah. but obviously publicly Pep would say, you know. Oh, no, 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 chance, no chance, no chance. Yeah. He did say to them after a game he said we're gonna win the title. Really? But yeah, he did.
0: Really? Yeah. That's
1: fascinating. He said he said he said I believe we'll win the title, yeah.
0: That's that is interesting, isn't it? I mean, yeah. so, I mean, I've only seen trailers of, of the documentary so far. And I really do want to watch it because I'm, I'm a big pet fan. But um, that's fascinating for him to be that confident with the players.
1: There, there was one bit on it where he said as well, "He said about, I believe for the best team in the world' as well, which was quite a statement. Wow. It was, it was one, in one of the pre-game briefings. This was a separate incident, but yeah, he said that. And I think it's it's interesting because you say you get so much I guess from Bielsa, and he's a very nice guy, and he obviously answers the questions you ask him. But the certain things he won't, he's never going to say to you guys. Yeah, is there? yeah,
0: I, I think. That's that's come out in in a few different questions and the way he answers them. I think there's a few things that he's not prepared to talk about. Um, the Guardian, I'm led to believe, It was one of the broadsheets. I'm pretty sure it was the Guardian, rather piece. Um, it was either ahead of the season, or just after the Stoke game, and it was a bit of a colour piece by um, by David Heitner, and um, he referenced this anecdote of Bielsa making the players go out and pick up litter. Mm. So he had he had analysed how many hours uh, a Leeds fan has to work to pay for a ticket. And I think he then made the players go out and sort of do community service almost for that, um, excuse me, for that amount of time and um, part of it was litter picking and it was put to him in the, in the subsequent press conference and he wouldn't talk about it, he, really? he, he said I'm not going to confirm it and I'm not going to deny it so it looked, I mean, it looks like it's happened. Yeah. But it's interesting that he wasn't prepared to sort of um, undermine the dressing room um, code of conduct if you like. No. I think this was where people may be aware of the Hernan Crespo anecdote yeah. how he, he doesn't like um, lying to the players he doesn't like undermining the players he doesn't like um, sort of saying things to them and, and then telling the, the rest of the world so I think you're right I think there is going to be some secrecy there I don't think he's quite at the stage where he's telling them oh, the yeah. because he does seem just such a modest man I mean, that's fascinating with you about Pep though, because he's the sort of guy that always warns against complacency, was, and then he's telling them, "Are oh, you guys are the best in the world?"
1: Yeah, I was really surprised. It <laughs> really took me back it, did because, like I said, it was December, <laughs> and you know yourself in a half a season, anything can happen in football. Oh yeah, but yeah. It was it was quite a shocker. Um, Baron, ahead of uh, next week's game, yeah, where can we get all the latest information and, and um details of this game
0: yeah so um, on our website uh, www.leeds-live.co.uk so um, I'll be working until Sunday and then I'm going away for a few days and, and Joe will be returning so in, in the meantime actually they if do you, get on yeah oh, we do, yeah, we <laughs> do get on we don't, we're not avoiding each other um, so yeah we're going to release this on Friday morning if you're listening on Friday morning then you can still look ahead to the under 23s game so the under 23s are at Ellen Road 3pm on Friday the 7th of September Uh, they are facing off the top of my head I'm filling the gap and I think they're playing I can't remember that so they are is it Bristol City? it's Bristol City there we go Bristol City it's definitely Bristol City so that game was going to be on next Monday but it's now been moved to Friday so if you are listening ahead of that get yourself down to Welland Road we'll be live at the game I can confirm that's right thank you Craig (laughs) 3pm kickoff. so we'll be live blogging that uh, and then I, I'm hoping we're going to see Bielsa, uh, middle of next week, looking ahead to the Millwall game. But in the meantime, keep an eye on our website. We'll have all the latest up on there, various interviews, what the players are saying on international duty. Um, and then also, uh, of course, um, we'll have all the reaction to the fact that Kamara Roof and Marcelo Bielsa have won the Manager and Player of the Month Awards for August. So we've got some video with Kamara Roof, so that'll be on the website. So, so go and check that out and see, see how Kamara's reacted. Pleasure, thank you for having me, Ben. No, no problem, mate. No, well, uh, uh, sort of. Um, I suppose you might step in again next week with Joe at <laughs> this rate, because I'm not going to be here. So it might be you and Joe next week. But um, no, Joe and I will hopefully get back together um, before the end of the month. Great stuff. Cheers,
1: mate. Cheers, mate. Yeah, mate. That. I'm